It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. I'm said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, and on today's podcast, I'm going to give you a brief overview on uh, many homesteading skills worth acquiring. I'm going to discuss how you go about learning some of these skills. Um, this ain't a list of every skill a homesteader may desire to have, but a good list of basics. Before we get into that, though, let's just uh, talk about what's new. Um, hey, we've got a Facebook group for the Modern Homesteading Podcast, and it's uh, it's already hopping. It's doing real good so far. It's called the Homestead Front Porch, and you can search for it on Facebook, or you can just go to the modernhomesteadingpodcast.com and you'll see it listed there. You can just click on it. It's a closed group, but anybody can join. All you have to do is uh, request to join and we'll get you signed up for it. And you really like it, I think. it's uh, We're having some great homesteading discussions in there and a lot of fun so far. I think, I think it's worth checking out. I think you'll have a lot of fun in there. So come on over to the Homestead Front Porch. So from now on, when I say we see this in the front porch, You'll know what I'm talking about. But, uh, hey, let's get on with our uh, list of um, homesteading skills. Uh, actually, this uh, podcast came out of that uh, from a discussion in, in the Homestead Front Porch Facebook group. We had a thread discussing uh, what homestead skills we'd like to acquire, and that's where this podcast came from. Let's just jump right into it. The first skill I want to talk about is, of course, gardening. I, I believe gardening in some form is probably the most essential skill a homesteader can develop. You know, many people consider themselves poor gardeners with a brown thumb, but it's a skill that can be learned. And there's a few different kinds of, of gardening you can uh, work at. I mean, there's large-scale organic gardening. And, uh, you know, those are for people, who, that's for people who have a lot of property. You want to probably sell it at a market or restaurants. There's some good books out there for uh, large-scale organic um, gardening. I think one of the best ones out there is called the Organic Farming Manual. Uh, it's a comprehensive guide to starting and running a certified organic fa- farm by Ann Larkin Hansen. It's a, it's a really good book. I think you'd enjoy that one if you're looking into large-scale organic gardening. The next thing would be small-scale organic, and I think if you would be interested in that, now that's, you know, city property, small lots of land, uh, I'd say acre or less in most cases. Um, the Market Gardener by Jean-Martin Fortier is a, is a really good book. Also, I mean, just one that probably everybody's heard of is The All-New Square Foot Gardening by Mel Bartholomew. That's a great book, uh, if, especially if you're new to gardening. 
Another kind of gardening you can do if you're in an apartment or uh, you just have these small places on your property or maybe on a deck or, or something like that that aren't being utilized, and that's container gardening. It's not just for the apartment uh, homesteader. It's for anybody because there's, I mean, I have, uh, you know, I have raised beds. I have uh, uh, places all over my yard where there's garden all over my property, but I still do some container gardening because there's places that you're not really utilizing where a container works perfectly. Or maybe you just want to uh, put something there outside during the summer. You want to bring it in during the winter, keep it alive. You know, something that's uh, more of a, a perennial type plant that you want to keep alive year round. Um, indoor gardening is another way to go about it. If you live in a place with a shorter grow, growing season, indoor gardening is a valuable skill to have. This is a, it's mostly a, a lighting issue. You know, a large south facing window is a great place to grow. Otherwise, you have to use artificial lighting. And uh, I did a podcast about uh, what lights to use indoors to grow. Uh, you can go back and look that up. It was called indoor garden lighting. Another valuable skill to have in the gardening category would be seed saving. You know, a great resource for seed saving information is howtosaveseeds.com. If you go there, it's got a complete list of a whole bunch of different vegetables and how to collect the seeds off of them. It's a really good resource. And by the way, anything I'm mentioning today, books, websites, other resources I'm going to mention are all in the show notes. You can just go to the show notes at smalltownhomestead.com or modernhomesteadingpodcast.com and see the show notes for this episode. Another... uh, way to garden is with hydroponics this is a method of growing plants using mineral nutrient solutions in water without soil so it's a it's a really interesting way to grow but it works good for for small spaces in a situation where you need fast production and you don't really have any place to plant i personally like aquaponics better which is the next thing here in this category aquaponics it's aquaculture in which the waste produced by farmed fish or other aquatic animals, you could use uh, crawfish or you know, there's other things people use, you can use their waste to supply nutrients for the plants, which are grown hydroponically, which in turn, the plants will purify the water for the fish. So it's kind of like this symbiotic relationship between the plants and the fish, and they're both benefiting one another. And really the only input you have is feeding the fish. And depending on what kind of fish you are using, you might even be able to grow that. So like a tilapia, for example, is a, is a vegetarian fish. So you might be able to uh, grow food for the tilapia. So gardening, yeah, is one of the most important, uh, I think, skills that you can acquire. Uh, the next thing I think is a great skill to have is composting, the skill of knowing how to compost. I believe knowing how to compost is an important homestead skill because it makes the most of what you have including your waste products you know it's it's important addition to the vitality of your soil and the nutritional value of your plants so composting is super important skill to have and now there's a you know a few different ways you can go about composting one is and probably the most popular one for homesteaders is hot composting this is uh, when you combine two parts of uh, high carbon material which would be like shredded, you know, dry plant matter, such as leaves, twigs, woody stems, with one part high nitrogen green plant matter. It's like green plant and vegetable refuse, grass clippings, weeds, trimmings, kitchen scraps, you know, those kind of things. You combine those in a pile, 
approximately a four foot cube because that's just the right size to build the heat and you know it should be kept moist about as moist as a squeezed out sponge and the pile will actually reach temperatures between about 110 to 140 degrees Fahrenheit it can get a little hotter you really don't want it to get much hotter than that because it can actually start uh, it killing the um, the beneficial uh, things in the pile uh, it'll get about 140 degrees but you'll have to turn it about once a week uh, you have to bring the in the middle of that pile to the outside and kind of rotate it around because it'll overcook the inside. That's when you start getting too hot. So that's hot composting. Works real good. You can just in a few weeks you can uh, have good compost. Uh, the second method is cold composting, and you know it pretty much uses the same material. It won't reach the high temperatures because you're not you know you're not keeping it moist. You're not um, turning it, so therefore it won't destroy weed seeds or even plant seeds that you put in there i mean i remember one time i had a cold a cold compost pile and i just threw a bunch of you know i pulled out my um, tomato plants at the end of the year and there were some you know rotten tomatoes and junk on there you always get the stragglers and i threw those in a com cold compost pile and uh you know i let it set for about a year and uh, there was uh, tomatoes growing up out of that thing like crazy <laughs> just from the seeds that were in there so yeah you'll get it won't kill the seeds but you know a year or so to decompose but it's a it's a good method if, depending on what you put in it um, another method is vermicomposting now this is the process of using worms to break down organic material and and turn that turn that uh, material into a rich organic fertilizer called worm castings uh, affectionately known as worm poop um, but it's it's just garden gold i mean it's just a great fertilizer uh, to put on your uh, garden and another method is uh, making compost tea that's a valuable skill to learn and this is a liquid solution which contains the nutrients and the beneficial organisms of compost it's made by soaking compost in water while it's being oxygenated you can take like a an aerator for a fish tank and stick in there and it'll you know really aerate the uh, the water uh, and and really help those beneficial organisms uh, grow in that compost and it makes a great fertilizer for your garden um, the third homesteading skill i'll talk about is animal husbandry now this is just all aspects of rate of the raising and ethical care of animals basically from birth to maturity uh, right up until it's time to butcher and there's several different things here you can look at you can look at small livestock say you're on an urban homestead but not limited to an urban homestead would be small livestock i think they're i think they're great for any homestead chickens rabbits quail i'll even throw goats in there because they're the miniature breeds are just are great uh, skills to acquire working with any one of those animals large livestock cattle pigs i will throw sheep in there they're just more generally known as a, as a large livestock those are great skills to acquire as well working with those animals something people don't think about too often in working with animals is fish uh, you could farm fish bluegill crappie catfish tilapia if you have like some ibc tanks or even a, a pond a small pond i mean it's an excellent thing to get into now i'm gonna lump beekeeping in here it probably ought to have its own category and uh but you know i think that uh raising bees is, a, is an excellent skill that many homesteaders get into and it's it's not easy i i, I but i think it's got great reward um, if you're looking for some more information on, on beekeeping, the American Beekeeping Federation is, is an excellent resource for beginner beekeepers. 
Um, also, I ran across this great article uh, from uh, Mother Earth News called Langstroth, Top Bar or Ware, Choose the Right Hive for You and Your Bees. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. It was a, it was a great article uh, just helping you decide which beehive you might want to use and the benefits and the, the pros and cons of each kind. So their animal husbandry, and like I said, a couple of those may not necessarily be lumped into the traditional animal husbandry group like fish and beekeeping but I, I threw them in that category anyway uh another category of homesteading skills would be butchering an excellent skill to have i worked as a butcher uh, for a couple years uh, in my uh, early 20s and it's tough work uh, but it's it's something worth knowing it's it's a great skill to have um, butchering your own livestock can be unpleasant work but it's a skill worth having if you desire to be self-sufficient and you can learn this by, there's workshops out there, um, and it can be worth the cost of a great workshop to learn this valuable skill. It really can. You can volunteer to help someone with experience to butcher his animals, his or her animals, I should say. Free labor is hard to turn down. And, you know, just being around that and watching how it's done can be a great way to learn. Also, you can learn from books. You really can. I mean, there's some great books out there. Uh, Basic Butchering of Livestock and Game by John J. Mettler is a great book. Uh, there's YouTube videos out there uh, showing how to break down animals and such. So there's some uh, there's some good stuff out there showing you how to butcher. But the here's the thing though, until you're doing it, all the you just got to get your hands on it. You have to you have to butcher an animal to get good at it. You have to butcher a lot of them to get good at it, and that's the reality of it. Another category of homesteading skills would be food preservation. Listen, you work so hard to grow it or raise it. But you can only eat so much of it at once. Food preservation is a vital homesteading skill if you want to get the most out of what you have. No doubt about it. Canning. Canning is such an important skill to have. And there's a couple different ways you can can. You can water bath or you can pressure can. Now, water bath canning is for pickling. It's for high acid fruits. It's for uh, canning up jams and jellies. So it's, it's, it's valuable. I do a lot of water bath canning because I do a lot of pickling and a lot of jams and jellies. Um, but if you're going to can your vegetables and your meats, you have to have pressure canner. And there's some great resources out there for that. Um, if you go to our site, I have a link for an at-home canning DVD. It's a really good DVD for showing you how to can. There's plenty of websites out there. There's a lot of YouTube information out there showing you how to can. A lot of people are afraid of, of pressure canning because they're just afraid that it's going to blow up on them or something. And, uh, you know, if you if you keep the things clean and, and the pop-offs cleaned out and things like that. And generally, really, there's not a, a lot of, of worry about it when you're pressure canning. Now, pressure cooking is can be a little bit bigger issue because uh, your pop-off valve can actually um, get clogged up with depending on what your, your pressure cooking. But with canning, there really isn't that, uh, that fear because there's just water in there. And it's not really going to clog up anything. So you really don't have, you know, the fear of an overpressure building up or too much pressure building up. Fermenting is another great skill to have. And I really hadn't got into that until just about a year or so ago. Started making some uh, sauerkraut and stuff. And um, it's, it's, it's a great skill. And I fermented some uh, wine a few times and some hard cider, but I'd never really fermented any food until I started with sauerkraut. But yeah, it's an excellent way to get good, healthy food. And uh, it's not that hard to do. It really isn't. 
Another way to preserve uh, your food is by dehydrating. Um, get you an Excalibur Food Dehydrator. It's one of the best tools on the market. And dehydrate your food. Now, you can build your own uh, solar food dehydrator. I will put a link in the show notes to some plans for a solar food dehydrator. Uh, building your own. And uh, I have yet to build one. But that's the reason I have those plans. So I want him to just put them in a link to those plans in the show notes because I saved those plans because I plan to build one here at some point because I really do want a solar food dehydrator. Another great way, and it just gets overlooked because it's such a simple thing, is freezing. Freezing your food. I mean, everybody does it, but we don't really talk about it because it just it isn't that special way, you know? But Hey, we're modern homesteaders. We enjoy technology. We enjoy modern day things. We don't have to do everything like the pioneers did it, right? Uh, I like my freezer, and I like to blanch my green beans and freeze them. I like to blanch my my squash and freeze it. Uh, Those things just taste better frozen uh, than they do canned. And I think meat is better to freeze than canned. A lot of people, you know, can their meat. Now, fish, you could probably, you know, I don't have a problem with canning fish, but... Most meats, I would rather have them in the freezer. Another thing you can do to preserve is curing and smoking. There's some great smokers on the market. A good book to have is called The Hunter's Guide to Butchering, Smoking, and Curing Wild Game and Fish. That's a great book. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Well, let's get to food preparation as another skill. Preparing your homegrown and, and, and raised healthy food is an often underestimated valuable skill. If you truly want to fall in love with the homesteading lifestyle, then good eating is the way to fall in love. It really is. If you want to love the garden, uh, have great food coming out of that garden, cooked in a great way. If you want to love raising livestock, figure out great ways, find great ways to cook the meat from that livestock. And it'll never get old. You'll never get tired of it. And there's a lot of great blogs, websites, YouTube channels out there specifically focusing on cooking food right from your garden and meat that you've raised or hunted for. So, you know, just do some searches, find that stuff. I'm not going to put a bunch of links in for that because there's so much of it out there. There's so many good ones. I mean, you just find what you're, you know, just type in on a Google search. uh, Ways to prepare yellow crookneck squash and you're going to get a whole bunch of recipes and really good recipes. Oh, I asked the question the other day about kale in our in, in on the front porch, the Homestead Front Porch Facebook group, and uh, trying to get some good kale recipes because you know you get tired of just sautéing it up in the pan with you know. Something. I mean, I like it like that, or just putting some on a salad or whatever. I like it like that. I was looking for some different ways, and I got this great recipe given to me for a kale soup. And I can't wait to try that. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm going to do that up at some point. I, I just got a bumper crop of kale this year. A little too much. <laughs> um, let's move on to the next homesteading skill. Now, this may not sound like a homesteading skill, but I think it is. And that's water security. Learning about water security is a valuable skill. There simply is nothing more important to a human being than plentiful, clean water. And, you know, sometimes it just doesn't get the attention it deserves either. Uh, Water water security is a skill every homesteader should develop. Now, what do I mean by water security? Well, how about well drilling? Uh, Depending on your water table, this may not be that difficult. There are many videos out there and online resources 
explaining how someone could put in their own well or well pump, uh, a hand pump. There's if you got a pretty shallow water table, it's it's really not that difficult. There's a there's a lot of setups out there just for that, and 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 even DIY projects and stuff showing how people put in their own wells, and that could be a real good benefit to your homestead. It really could. How about uh, harnessing water? Uh, capturing runoff is easy, but it does require a little setup. And uh, you know, I did an article about a DIY rainwater catchment system. Well, probably a year and a half ago or two years ago. And I'll put a link to that, uh, just showing how you can use uh, water barrels or IBC tanks and how to set those up to collect rainwater off of a roof. And that's a valuable that's a valuable skill to know how to do that. Storing water doesn't sound like a hard skill. It's not. It's simple. But we forget about it. Isn't, this could be anything from storing jugs of water in your home to putting in a large cistern for water storage. Either way... Knowing how to set up and store water, it's an important skill to have. Now, this is probably the most important one, I think, and that's purifying water. You know, it's not just enough to have water. You have to have clean water if it's going to be, you know, used for consumption in any way. So, um, purifying water is an, ex- is an excellent skill to have and a valuable one to have, especially in certain situations. I think everybody should have a commercial water purification system in your home. You know, like a Berkey. Um, that's what I use, just a pour-in Berkey. You can have the, some setups that hook right onto your, um, your faucet system. But I also think it's important to know how to purify water in other more primitive ways using natural materials. You can actually build uh, water purification systems out of five-gallon buckets and out of barrels using natural materials. And there's a lot of videos out there showing how to do that. And I think it's an important skill to have because you just never know. I mean, we believe in preparedness as homesteaders because you just never know what's going to come around the corner. So you should know how to do these things. I think it's an important skill to have. All right, we're going to move on to some of my favorites. Hunting. Hunting is a great skill to have. And you know what? It can provide hundreds of pounds of meat for your homestead. And you know, it's it's also a lot of fun, right? Um, how about small game hunting? Let's talk about that. Squirrel and rabbit are the most common around here where I live anyway for for uh, meat. I love to squirrel hunt. And when I started raising rabbits, I quit rat, uh, hunting for rabbits. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, squirrel hunting is one of my favorite things to do. I love the action of it. I love just going out in the woods and coming home with, uh, you know, five. You know, we got a bag limit of five around here a day. And it just, around here, there's just so many uh, squirrel. It's easy to get that. And it's a lot of fun, you know. It's just a lot of fun to hunt squirrel. Um, how about large game? Deer, elk, moose, bear. Those are the most common ones in, in North America, I would say. And, uh, you know, I've never hunted any of those except for deer. I hunt deer every year. I took a few deer. And it's just a great way to fill the freezer. It really is. And it's a lot of fun. It's one of my favorite things to do is deer hunt. Um, now, there's a couple ways you can hunt. You can hunt with a gun, of course. And I think it's important to learn the skills of a gun. That's learning how to handle it, shoot it, clean it properly store it um, knowing what guns to use for the right game it's all important stuff to know and these are skills you can acquire also i like to hunt with archery i mean when i go deer hunting i hardly ever take a gun i almost always hunt deer using a bow and i love it it's just i i've been hunting with a bow since i was 13 years old and uh, i just love to shoot archery 
but you, there's a lot to learn about handling and shooting and maintaining a bow. I mean, waxing the, the bowstring and, and, and checking it out and making sure it's you know up to par. And it takes a lot of practice. And it takes a lot of continual practice. And I think a gun does too. You want to, you always want to just shoot a few rounds here and there occasionally just to stay up and, and stay sharp on shooting. And learning how to handle a bow and, and, and stuff is important because it's a weapon. It can be dangerous if, if you don't do it. I mean, when I first started shooting a bow, I don't know how many times I ripped the skin off my forearm with a bowstring because I didn't know how to hold the bow properly. You know, and plus, you know, when you're 13, you're not that strong and you're trying to pull back a bow that's too, has too hard of a, a pull for you, a poundage for you. And, you know, till you get strong enough, you're liable to rake your forearm a few times <laughs> with the bowstring when you let go. And just things like that, you know, knowing how to handle it properly is important. Uh, another real important aspect of hunting is learning how to field dress or clean your animals. Um, a great book on that is called uh, Field Dressing Game. A water. This is a waterproof folding guide to what a novice needs to know by James James Cavanaugh. Great little book. Uh, it's really just a field guide showing you how to uh, field dress your animals. And also, I think an important uh, thing, an important skill to develop is finding places to hunt. I wrote an article uh, last year around hunting season called "How to Find Places to Hunt." I think it's a. There's a lot of information in that article about how to go about getting places to hunt especially for those of us who don't own our own woods where do you go what do you do how do you find places to hunt it's an article with a lot of information in it and i'll have a link to that in the show notes oh another one of my favorite uh homesteading skills we'll call it a homesteading skill it's really just a lot of fun for me and that's fishing and again this is another great way to supply meat for your homestead and it does require a little skill, you know. I mean, you just can't go out there and, I mean, sometimes you can just throw a little bait in the water and catch fish, but that's usually not the way it goes, at least for me anyway. And it's something that can be learned. And uh, I think once you learn it, you fall in love with it. It's just that much fun. And uh, there's a couple different ways to fish, and that's one is with a lure. Uh, you can use uh, a tackle to uh, to fish. And uh, that takes some skill. That that's, takes more skill than bait fishing, which is the other thing I'll talk about. But uh, fishing with lures or tackle is something that does take some practice. But you know what? It can, it can yield great uh, abundance of fish. And it can be a lot of fun. You know, a lot of people even enjoy making their own uh, lures. So uh, it's something you should get into if you're not into it. Most people I know fish. And if you're a homesteader, you, you probably grew up fishing or do a lot of fishing. But I'm not telling you anything you don't know for the most part. But, uh, you know, as fun as uh, fishing with a lure is, I like to bait fish. Uh, I like to use worms and minnows and bee larvae and leeches and just live baits of all kinds. And I love to use dough balls to catch carp and catfish and, you know, make my own stuff and try different things. And, um, yeah, it's probably my favorite thing to do. And, uh, hey, let me give you a little hint on uh, catching carp. I'll go someplace, and I like to fish for carp just because they're huge around here. I mean, we catch 20-pound carp around here, and uh, I can be fishing around with a bunch of other people, and I'm always catching a lot more than they are. And uh, I'm almost leery to tell tell people this, but uh, the magic ingredients for making a great dough ball for catching carp is Wheaties and wheat germ. 
you take a box of Wheaties and you just get it in a bowl, put you some in a bowl, just crunch it up, dump you a little bit of uh, a few spoonfuls of, of wheat germ on that, and uh, just mix it all in real good, crunch it up, get it wet, crunch it up real good, and it makes a real good sticky dough ball that'll hang on your hook really, really good. And man, there's just something about that combination of Wheaties and wheat germ that drive carp crazy. And I mean, I catch them like crazy when I'll go out carp fishing and I love to catch those things. They're just so big and, you know, they give you such a good fight, you know. So if you're wanting to catch some big carp and catch a lot of them, Wheaties and wheat germ. And my dad, I grew up using that. My dad always used that when I was a kid, you know. I'm 44 years old now and, man, I've been fishing for carp since I was real little. And uh, we always use the Wheaties and wheat germ and it's just, it's an amazing bait. Shh, don't tell anybody else. Everybody will start using it now, and I won't be able to catch more fish than them. Also under the skill of fishing is knowing how to clean your fish. Gutting, cleaning, filleting uh, your fish are skills you're going to need to know how to, to develop if you're going to be a fisherman. It's a little messy, but listen, when you put the fork to your mouth, you'll realize how worth the trouble all that is. Because... I love fish. I love to eat fish. I don't think I could ever have enough fish in my freezer. Let's move on to the next skill. Uh, foraging. Now, this is a skill that many people desire to have, but they're afraid to try. Because of the risk of eating something toxic, of course. It's a legitimate fear. But I think it's one that can be, it's a fear that can be put aside with some proper education and training. Uh, let's talk about edible weeds first. You know, I think YouTube is an excellent resource for learning about wild edible weeds. And, you know, weeds are probably a little less dangerous. I mean, I'm thinking of things, you know, like dandelion, purslane, lamb's quarter. I mean, these, these are weeds that grow in my garden. But, you know, they're also weeds you can go out there and, and, and get in the, in the woods. Excellent uh, sources. There's, there's, there's hundreds of edible weeds out there. YouTube, like I said, is a great resource for that. There's a whole bunch of, of YouTube channels that do nothing but focus on wild edibles. So I would, you know, I would suggest you look at some of those YouTube videos. And I think, I think that, uh, dealing with edible weeds is fairly safe for the most part. You do have to have some, be careful and know what you're looking at and have excellent resources. And there's some great books out there on, on wild edibles. And I suggest getting a few of them. And if you can find a mentor to take you out and show you what to pick, it's even better. Now, here's the dangerous one that people are really afraid of. And, and I'll admit, it, it intimidates me a little bit because I love to hunt mushrooms. Around here, we hunt the morels. There's a few mushrooms out there that are, that are fairly safe for foraging. Morels, one of them. But many are dangerous. So you got to make sure you know what you're picking. And, and with this, I say, if you don't know, don't touch it. And I don't even like looking at books for those things. If you, I say, find an experienced mushroom forager to show you the ropes. And even if it means paying for a, a class or a, a workshop or something, uh, I, it's, it can be dangerous. It really can. There are some poisonous mushrooms out there. There really are. Um, you can't just pick stuff and put it in your mouth. Weeds, mushrooms, anything, berries. You, you can't do that. You can't just pick stuff and put it in your mouth. You have to know for sure, 100%, what you have there. And if you don't know, don't put it in your mouth. There, that's my disclaimer. Now let's move on to berries. Uh, raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, they're the common ones around here for foraging. And, you know, they're safe. They're easy to find. There are some, there are some poisonous berries Again, don't put the ones in your mouth. You don't know what they are for sure. 
but we man i love to pick raspberries and blackberries especially i mean i grow ra blueberry i grow all three of them on my property i have raspberries blackberries and blueberries here on my homestead but not enough for me i, I still go out and forage a bunch also uh, great uh, and easy to find and you can just fill sacks sackfuls in the woods around here so get out there and load up on the berries fruit uh, people don't really think about foraging for fruit it seems like anymore they'll go to orchards and they'll wherever and buy their fruit uh, if they don't have their own fruit trees but uh, around here where i live apples plums mulberry super common to find in the woods i love mulberry i really do some people hate them and i think it's just the the lack of respect they get because of the birds decorating their car with mulberry uh droppings um but boy i love mulberry it's 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 one of my favorites and they're very common to find around here and you know what they make for a great day of foraging you can fill up a grocery bag full of stuff of the apples plums and mulberries around here you really can and another one people don't uh, think about that often i think is nuts uh, one of my favorites is walnuts i mean and they're expensive you go to the grocery store to buy some walnuts they are not cheap and there's a ton of them uh, around here anyway in the woods so uh, you know you can I mean, they do take some work i mean you know uh getting them ready to eat and a little time um but there's a lot of other uh, nuts you can forage for you just have to look for what's common in your area but uh, there you have it edible weeds mushrooms berries fruits and nuts now i'll tell you i think i've been talking here uh, these last few skills have been what are commonly referred to as bushcrafting skills and there are some other bushcrafting skills that i think are important to um, to acquire and can be useful on the homestead there's hundreds of bushcrafting skills and here's a here's some others i think are, are would be good skills to learn and that's shelter building in the woods uh, build temporary shelters uh, tracking animals that can be very useful in hunting fire starting it seems like a simple thing but uh till you go to start a fire you ever try to start a fire when it's been raining outside it's difficult it's important to learn how to do those things you just never know when you're going to need that skill how about open fire cooking now, cooking over an open fire is not like cooking over your stovetop it really is it's completely different so it's a good skill to acquire trapping is another great skill it can provide you with fur and meat I would suggest a book called Bushcraft 101. It's, it's a field guide to the art of, sur of wilderness survival. Great book. Uh, suggest that one if you're interested in acquiring bushcrafting skills. Okay, let's move on to the next uh, skill. Uh, leatherworking. Great skill to have. Make your own belts, bags, sheaths, slings, holsters, crafts from the very animals you raise or hunt. And, you're, and when you're doing that, you're making full use of, of the resources that have been given to you by that animal. I would just suggest buy a whole leather craft tool set. Uh, there's some great sets out there uh, that give you all the tools in one set and start working with leather. I think it's a great, uh, a great skill to have. Uh, when I was uh, junior high school, uh, we had a vocational class. Uh, it, it was half the year was woodworking and the other half the year was leatherworking and uh in school i mean i don't think they do those things anymore maybe they do but uh leatherworking is a great skill to have and you can just make some beautiful stuff and you know what you can even make some money with that skill to just supply your homestead there ain't as many people doing that now as used to do it and there's some great books out there uh 
on uh, leather crafting, I would suggest getting uh, a good book. Let's move on to the next homesteading skill. Let's talk about blacksmithing. This is making your own tools, equipment, parts, or crafts using metal. Some things I would suggest on uh, blacksmithing would be take a welding class at a local vocational training center. And a reason I would say that is uh, not because it's all about welding, but you learn a lot about metals in a welding class. There's a lot of great online resources out there, training courses, DVDs. Of course, as usual, the YouTube videos are a great resource. And there's some great books out there. Uh, the Art of Blacksmithing by Alex Beeler is a great one. Uh, the New Edge of the Anvil by Jack Andrews, great one. And, uh, you know, you're going to have to acquire some blacksmithing tools if you're going to work on this skill. And that you're going to need a hammer, an anvil, a forge. You can build your own forges. There's some great designs out there for forges. Um, you're going to need some tongs, a vice, apron, gloves, safety glasses. You're just going to need some basic things. And then uh, lots of practice, lots of work. It's hot work, but it's really rewarding. In the end, uh, you can uh, you can design and build, make some pretty unique things. And uh, you can make tools that you can pass down for generations if you want. Uh, making your own knives and, and such too. It just, it's a great skill. How about carpentry and building things? Um, <laughs> with me, it seems like I always have a hammer or a cordless drill in my hands these days. Knowing how to build things is a very handy skill to develop on the homestead. You know what? For some, it just comes naturally, I think. But I also believe with practice, it can be learned by anybody. And I say just start with small, simple projects around your homestead. Just the little things. Fixing things or building things. Uh, building some raised beds. It's, it's really simple. It's, you know, a few boards and a square. It's a really simple build. Just start with the little things. And if it's going to be a bigger thing, uh, find someone with some building skills to help you and show you the basics. There's a lot of people who really enjoy doing carpentry. There's a lot of people who enjoy building things that would be happy to work with you and show you how to do something. How about, uh, let's move on to uh, the next skill. How about just general maintenance and repair? I mean, this is a valuable skill on the homestead. If you want to keep your uh, finely tuned homestead running without the huge expense of hiring people uh, to do everything for you, then you're going to need to learn general maintenance and repair skills. And this comes in a, a few categories. Uh, engine uh, maintenance and repair, I think, is a is something important to know. I mean, lawnmowers, generators, tractors, your vehicles all have engines. And they occasionally uh, need serviced or, or repaired. And uh, learn, learning engine basics can save you a lot of money. It really can. And it can go a long way to helping you be more self-sufficient. I mean, just something as simple as changing your own oil or putting in plugs doesn't mean you always have to do it, but you should know how to do it. Um, electrical work. Now here, if you're not comfortable messing around with electricity, then this, is, this would be one worth paying someone else to do. It really would. But it's also a learnable skill. And, uh, you know, when it's done correctly, it's safe. But it does require some training from someone with some experience. So if you don't if you don't understand what you're doing, if you have any doubt whatsoever, don't mess with that one. I don't want to see anybody get hurt. Plumbing. You know what? Plumbing uh, stumps me a little bit. For some reason, this can be one of the most expensive things to hire out. And quite honestly, I don't understand that. I, I find it fairly simple. It can be a valuable skill to learn. 
when a pipe bursts. <laughs> and uh, it can save you a lot of money. It really can. So learning plumbing is a valuable skill. And here's one that I don't know a lot about, and that's sewing and knitting. But I have to admit, I think it can be a really valuable skill. And this can range anywhere from sewing a button on, which I can do, uh, to making all your own clothes, blankets, etc., <laughs> which I can't do. However, I, I do. I really do recognize the importance of this valuable skill when it comes to homesteading. I did a little bit of research just looking for a great re, you know, resource for um, uh, finding information on learning this skill. And uh, sewing.about.com, I found a great uh, series of articles there that I put a link to in the show notes. It's uh, free and simple ways to learn sewing. And uh, I got to admit it, I was a little bit fascinated by it. So I might be checking that out a little bit more myself. Uh, Go to the show notes to find that link. Um, Next valuable skill we'll talk about is making household products. Uh, Making your own household products is a valuable skill. Because it can save you a lot of money, but that's not the only reason. It can also provide you with with, uh, healthier substitutes to the toxic commercial products. Commercial products for cleaning are horrible. I mean, they're, just, they're so toxic. And you can get around a lot of that by um, making your own cleaners. I found a real good article from uh, realsimple.com, 10 all-natural DIY cleaners to scrub every inch of your home. I thought there were some really good um, recipes for uh, cleaners in there. So you check that out. I got that in the show notes. Uh, making your own soap, bar soap, liquid soaps, Another great article I found was uh, Handmade All-Natural Soap for Face and Body from uh, DIYNatural.com. It was a really good article I was reading. Uh, Make your own laundry detergent. Uh, I have a simple uh, recipe for an inexpensive homemade laundry detergent on my website. I got a link to that in there. How about making candles? I mean, something you could use around your home in an emergency, knowing how to do that, or even selling them. It would be a great skill to have. There's just a few of the household products you could make. I mean, there's there's many others. Uh, but again, making household products is a great skill to have. How about the skill of herbalism? Uh, this is a study and practice of the medicinal and therapeutic use of plants. Uh, I think this is a valuable skill to have, especially when you're growing your own herbs and medicinal plants. I grow a few. And, uh, I mean, comfrey, I grow comfrey out here. Uh, knowing how to take uh, something like um, plantain or aloe vera or something like that and do something with it. And there's plenty others. There's tons of plants and herbs that provide great medicinal uh, uses. And, you know, studying herbalism, uh, knowing having that skill can provide you with that information and know what to do. I found a great article, and this is an article that had a whole bunch of resources in it for the study of herbalism. Uh, it was at herbgeek.com, and uh, I'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. You have to check that out. It had a whole bunch of free resources for learning this skill. And one that was mentioned in, in on the front porch, uh, that again is our homestead, uh, homestead front porch, which is our Facebook group. See, I want to get in the habit of just calling it the front porch, and you guys all know what I'm talking about. Uh, bartering. It was mentioned in there. Uh, I was talking about the skills, and somebody says, I want to learn bartering. I thought, ooh, I hadn't even thought about that. But that is a great homesteading skill to have. No doubt, it's valuable. 
and I found a, a really good article, a great article about developing the skill of bartering from realsimple.com. And uh, you definitely got to go read that article. The link is in the show notes for that article. So there was just a few. There's probably a bunch more I could have mentioned uh, in homesteading skills to, to develop. But I think it gives us a great start of things we can all strive for and try to acquire to be better at homesteading. I think when most people think of homesteading, they think of a place. They think of a, a place out in the country, a home, a country home. They think of animals on a pasture. They think about fields growing. They picture a barn and maybe a tractor sitting outside that barn. That's what they picture when they picture homesteading. But I think I would like to see when people think about homesteading, they don't necessarily think about the place, but they think about the skills. And I think when you think of it like that, truly, anywhere you live, you can be a homesteader. Because many of these skills can be done anywhere. I mean, in an apartment, many of them. So I think you can be a homesteader wherever you are, depending on what skills you have or what skills you're working on acquiring. So if there's some others, you can drop them in the uh, show notes in the comment section. Or you can jump on the Facebook group and we can talk about it there. Uh, Again, I really want you guys to come on over to the Facebook group. We have over 300 people in there already. Just, just started about a week ago. And it's there's already been some really good conversations in there. I want you to come over and be a part of that. It's, it's really fun. And I think there's going to be a lot of education going on there. And um, I think in the end we'll all be better homesteaders because of it. So come on over to the front porch. The homestead front porch. Don't forget to uh, run on over to uh, iTunes and leave us a rating and review and uh, help us spread the word of this podcast and uh, the love of homesteading to other folks. Also, head on over to the website, modernhomesteadingpodcast.com, where you can see all the other podcasts, or that's actually located at smalltownhomestead.com, where you can read lots of great articles uh, about all kinds of stuff, homesteading-related stuff, and... Uh, while you're there, you can click on a few of our um, social media links and uh, connect with us on Facebook or Twitter or any of the others. And uh, hey, until next week, happy homesteading. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.